Um, you know the Nintendo Switch dock, that big sort of clunky rectangular thing. Mm-hmm. It makes it necessary to work on TV. So there's someone kickstarted like a, um, you know, like basically like a USB plug, like the size of like your phone charger. Mm-hmm. Not your phone because the iPhones are really tiny, but like this big. Yeah. And it has all of the ports in it, like the HDMI and the thing and the whatever. And you just plug it into the outlet mm-hmm. and then plug it all into the TV. Like it's one cord that goes from the TV and then the Switch can just go wherever. Excuse me. Um, so it's like it's much more portable than that thing. Um, and that's great. That's a great thing to have. But they, like, had the worst. Someone sent me the kid corner today, and I just, like, threw shade at the ad, the, like, ad copy on it, because it was just, it was, first of all, it was called, like, the Covert Dock. And it was all this, like, branding wrote of being, like, stealthy. Like, what kind of, and it was trying to be, like, way too, like. Clever for itself. No, like, clever, but also, like, like, uh, what's the guy that oh, pretends to be a kid? Oh, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, oh. yeah. Fellow kids, yeah. It's like, it was kind of that kind of a <laughs> tone. Where it was like, this is the kind of dog that Solid Snake would take to set up a story. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, trying to really, like, you know, name drop some <laughs> cultural references. And like, but I, what I really laughed about was that it used the phrase so many times, full docking capability. <laughs> Here's my hypothetical question. What would be what would be half docking capability, right? Like if you're marketing full docking, like what what's the alternative? It's like, not a thing that has a percentage. You either it only goes halfway in. You either do- it's binary. <laughs> you either dock or you don't. Yeah. You either can like first of all, I can't get the sexual reference out of my head the whole time. Of docking? Yes. Wow. Let's get this fucking episode. Started, yeah, let's though. do this. I was gonna say, do you want to know how much we have? A lot. Forty five minutes. Why did we watch this podcast where three friends sit down to watch a troubled movie and drink a pink cocktail and pick that movie apart and ostensibly fix it. But we're not doing that today. Uh, This is our mini episode. We're going to have maybe a little discussion, tell you what movie we're going to do in two weeks and what drink we're going to do. I am Chris Rebell. I am Lee Delhanty. I am Brendan Drishler. (laughs) Great. Awesome. Uh, So Well spoken. (laughs) The movie that we're doing next, or uh, the movie we're doing for our next full-length episode is going to be, uh, actually I'm realizing I don't know the first name in the title. 2015's Naomi and Eli's No Kiss List, directed by Kristen Hange. Hange? I don't know. It looks Nordic. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's a teen baby comedy rom-com thing, starring Victoria Justice, Pearson Fode, Matthew Daddario, and Griffin Newman. My knowledge of these people dropped off after Victoria Justice. I know Victoria Justice like I know her name, right? Like yeah. that's a name I know. She was a Disney Channel. I thought uh, it was Nick. Fixture for a while. Oh no, she was all Disney. Really? Um, she was in fact uh, she was Ariana Grande's co-star, and she was on track. No, to she's be... in Victorious on Nickelodeon. She was. Yeah. Hmm. This is why I don't trust you for the youth information, Chris. I don't know it. Um. Yeah, and Griffin Newman, obviously I know, but like yeah. aside from that, that's that's all I really got for Griffin you. Griffin Newman is in this. Yeah. I know, right? Weird. It's uh, it's based off of a book by David Levithan and Rachel Cohen, who also wrote, um, fuck, what was I going to say? Uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Dash and Lee's Book of Dares. It's a neat, well, I'll get into it next time. But um, based <laughs> off of a book, that's all you need to know. I'm awesome. hopefully going to read the book before we watch the movie. Yeah, I think one of us should. To be I'm going to try to. Bring that info in. Yeah, I had to do it last time, so. <laughs> so, Lee, uh, <laughs> No, I didn't read the time machine. I read another book. Yeah, none of I us read, read the time machine. I read like oh, three versions of the death one. 
Oh, Death Becomes yeah, Death Takes Holiday. Like, yeah, Death Becomes Holiday. You sure did. Yeah. You like I researched. This you you triangulated that research. Yeah. Uh, so we, what are we gonna drink to go along with this kiss list? So I think we're gonna call it the the Lee Brendan and Chris's No Sip List, mm-hmm. and um, it's another little sort of a sort of a game party event yeah, we're gonna do. Um, Basic rules of the scenario is, uh, step one is you need to go out and acquire, I'm going to do 10, uh, but you know, an appropriate number for your party of, uh, random nips. Just hit up your liquor store with your dad's ID. <laughs> <laughs> Have a smaller child stand on your shoulders, wear a trench coat. <laughs> Nab as many nips as you can. Uh, put a, put a, a mustache made of marker yeah. on your top lip. Get a good variety in there. Um, we're going to put them in a bag or a hat or something where we can just sort of grab them out without knowing what we're doing. Um, get that ready. Get about four mixers. I think we're going to do tonic, uh, some sort of soda, pop thing, uh, cranberry juice, juice and ginger ale. And ginger ale. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just basic shit that could hopefully go with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and then each of us, so three of us, we're going to have one blackout token list of like our no sip mixer yep we're gonna write down before we draw the 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 nip which mixer we want to be on the no sip list for that round for that draw for that draw yep we're gonna draw a random nip out of the hat Mm -hmm. and we're gonna reveal which mixers are blacklisted and we will have to then drink our nip that we've randomly selected with one of the non-blacklisted mixers left yep so it should be good yep I could really game this since I'm going to be buying all the nips. Like I, I could said, count the cards, as it were. As long as they mix well with mixers, I don't care. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I think you probably definitely, if you're not masochistic, want to select things that are not going to be total garbage with the right. mixers yeah. selected. I think that's fair. I think that sort of thing was appropriate for writing the bullet. Right, with the element of horror. Yeah, with the element, <laughs> the element of, like, suspense. chance and fate. <laughs> but yeah... And facing that tough fate? Yeah. Fate. And facing your fears? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I, I, I legitimately enjoyed playing the bullet a lot, so I'm, I'm excited we're bringing a game back. Yeah, I am too. It'll be fun. I hope uh, in the event that this movie uh, ends up being very dull and bad, uh, this will be good to liven things up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, my memories of watching it before, I'm not, like, very affectionate. I remember okay. thinking it, it was like it was mediocre. Yeah. Like I don't remember. I don't remember like walking away being like that was fucking awful. But I just remember walking away being like, "Well, that was dumb." Yeah, and everyone in it is pretty dumb. I've never seen yeah. it, and I'm already angry at the, <laughs> at the youths. Yeah. Uh, so we had a little bit of a topic we wanted to discuss today. Mm-hmm. Uh, as has been the habit, Lee came up with a really interesting <laughs> idea for us to tackle. Yeah. So I we I think it came up because we were watching. Um, what, what was it we were watching? The My, Great Wall. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was a, a Chinese director for this movie. It was sort of like a co-production between Hollywood East Meets West. Yeah, East Meets <laughs> West, as it were. And, like, I remember, like, some of the dialogue. And this is, I don't know how much this was story versus director or whatever, but, like, I remember some of the dialogue being, like, just hilariously, like, on the nose. It's and very like, blunt. Yeah, very, like, say what's happening, don't show it. It's extremely prosaic in that yeah. way. Yeah. And it, there would be, like, people coming out in different color uniforms and, like, Matt Damon would say, like, ah, the uh, yeah. Red or the Archers. That's right, yeah. As they walk by, people will walk by with a bow and he'll be like, Archers there. Oh my god. Oh, oh he shields. would spell it out, yeah. too. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. the fucking narrator. And they would, yeah, they're all the scenes that people have this sort of very on-the-nose dialogue and, and uh, but it also, like, there were these, like, again, the 
their uniforms were fucking crazy yeah. and like nuts. It was like Power Rangers. No, yeah, it is Power Rangers. And like, I, I remember being like thinking at that time, like, what is happening? And then you pointed, someone pointed out that it was like a Chinese director. And I was like, ah, now I understand. Now it makes Asked sense. Asked and answered. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about like tone and like, I'm calling it tone, but I feel like tone is not the right word. But like I, the spectrum of like being naturalistic and subtle, subtle in your direction and your aesthetic and your um, style, mm-hmm. whether it be like acting or aesthetic or whatever, versus being like broad and big and like over the top on the nose and on the nose. So like, and this can cover like multiple. You could do this with like your acting choices. You could do this with like your aesthetic. You could do this with your um, direction. Direction, yeah. like. Uh, in the writing, even. Like, you could have yeah. that super on the nose dialogue, or people could just be speaking in fucking rails the whole time. Right. So, like, I wanted to talk about um, how my... The basic premise I'm starting from is that I do think, correct me if I'm wrong, that there is a general perception, at least here in the U.S., that, like, the big, broad, bold side of the spectrum is considered, like, less critique good. Like, less yeah. good. Like... Uh, More like for the dum dums. I like, argue can, that's true. Give me an. Can you give me an example of like something that's thought to be bad that would fall under that category? Well, I'm I just would, curious. I would like, say not necessarily bad, or but like it's something, that, something that fits that. Definition. It's considered less than. I mean, consider how many times I've heard the idea of like that's so broad. It's like a sitcom being used as like a negative criticism, as in like yes, it's funny, but the jokes are like too. So like, wide. let's talk about. Um, a couple uh, so here's a couple movies and there's are I'm not equating them as like equal in quality but like mm-hmm. Tommy Boy and like a good Will Ferrell and John C. Riley combo movie okay they're both very like big and broad and like over the top not all of the Will Ferrell or John C. Riley movies are good or equal and like Tommy Boy is certainly not like a work of art mm-hmm. but I, I think they're both very funny mm-hmm. I have a lot of affection for Tommy Boy oh yeah no I saw it as a kid um, I liked it too and I do think that people, like, whether or not you like them, I, I think people can even like them and still say, like, well, it's not a good movie. Right. Or, like, See, it's not like a, it's not a movie that would, like, that's worth, I it's, guess. like, worth less than, like, you know. I mean, but, like, contrary-wise, I feel like you have something like Young Frankenstein or History of the World Part 1. Which that's is like also true. A big movie, but, yeah. like, is still considered to be a good movie. But I don't think it's, I think it's going out of fashion these days, those types of movies. Oh, they are. I get, or is it just that no one's doing them well? That's definitely the case. I mean, but, like, I, people were doing them badly, I think. No, that's true. Then, but I guess... It, I, yeah, no, and I guess maybe it was just more of a cultural shift toward more of, like... I, I don't know. Like, you could probably chalk it up to, like, the like the downfall of the three-camera sitcom to the single-camera sitcom yeah. to, like, going toward a more, like, realistic, nuanced grounded. form of... Com- yeah, a grounded comedy yeah. versus, like, a bigger, broader form but of you comedy. But you could easily do, like, a three-camera sitcom and have it be good these days. But, like, oh, yeah, no, no one no. wants yeah. to, and it's perceived... I think, again, I think it's, like... No, nah, it's not what we're doing. I mean, it's days. the same with like it's like a laugh track, right? Like there are people yeah. who will just like on oh, there's a laugh track. Like I don't want to watch that. Yeah, like I don't want a laugh track. Yeah, and like sports have had a laugh track, but sports sounds good for like the first half season. Yeah. Like face it off because it was just literally it was weird. It was just like why are these people laughing? It also didn't. It doesn't feel like it's a show that goes with a laugh track. No, it, 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 it didn't. It did, but they yeah, had it's like adding yeah. a laugh track to the West Wing. Like, was it even three could. camera? Oh my god, what a what fun was project! Was it three camera? No, it was single yeah. camera. So it's just like super weird. Like where where is this audience laughing? Like yeah. it's just like <laughs> at least with like a three camera, it's like oh the fourth wall, right? But here it's just like are they lurking behind the camera at all? I times? was rewatching some of my favorite sports cycle. My parents fucking love sports. Remember the cricket episode? This is my favorite. I remember the cricket episode. I love like with the whole the through line of no one knowing what the fuck it means to like have gotten all wickets down or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know but it's never happened before. Yeah. 
Um, that, was a fun, that was a good show. It was a good show. It was uh, a good show. Wisely got canceled before it could. And again, I think if we're talking about like the tone, I think that's definitely like way farther down the other side of the spectrum. A lot of that was like people not like just like understating their their big punchlines a lot, yeah. and like just like talking like fast. You know, it was Aaron Sorkin. Sorkin, yeah. So like, it was like you know the quote unquote witty I think there's also this idea that like true quality and true art has like a specific set of components and a specific look to it. Yeah. And I think those things both preclude a lot of more broad signifiers. Yeah. Like something more sitcom-y, like three cam, you know what I mean? So so it's the idea that like nothing outside of that could be considered quality because it's not within the definition that we've generally accepted. I wonder if that's not true everywhere in in our own country. No, I don't. Well, so that's the thing. I think I'm thinking of like mostly people in our age and education bracket of like and people we decide to hang out with yeah (laughs) because yeah i mean if you talk to i think yes if you talk to the majority of the u.s who seem to think the big bang theory was hilarious god then yeah they'll they'll probably tell you that like of course that stuff is funny yeah and we're focusing a lot on comedy i do want to say that like a lot of my examples were also from comedies but um, I think, like, in drama, you like, Dracula, that we, we watched. Right, right. That's clearly on like, the big side. That like, is Moulin Rouge or something. Yeah, 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 Where yeah. it's just very stylized and very big. Yeah, because I, I think that's, the yeah, like, I feel like it, when you talk about being big and broad, a lot of times you can easily say that, you're like, yes, that's what it should be for comedy. That's, like, what makes a good comedy. But I think that, like, you can still have good drama that's big oh, yeah. as well. Even if so. it's, it's not, like, it doesn't make it any less, like, serious. I think, yes, if you do it the wrong way... At the wrong time, it's modeling. Well, I I do think, kind of off of what Brendan was saying, a lot of the successful broad pieces I can think of are ones that I I think they were probably successful because they brought in such a high stylized world to it that I feel like that's almost the thing that makes broad acceptable for a lot of people. So if you took that out of Moulin Rouge, it also just wouldn't be as much fun, but... I think people would like it a lot less if they didn't balance out the broadness with this, like, Freezing. extremely well-realized heightened reality. Right. I mean, if it was just a there. story about, like, a writer who meets a girl who's dying and then she dies at the end, it would just be like, well, okay. Like, right. it would be like a completely mediocre story. Right. Because, like, cause, like let, let's be honest, like, the story of Moulin Rouge in of itself it's is, the... like, a very simple story. Yeah. There's not a whole lot there. Like, the there that's there comes from, like, the excess, the music, the visuals, all of that stuff. So, like, without that, then, yeah, you're not going to really have a whole lot. But I wonder, is that, could you say the same thing about a lot of other successful, what we would consider to be successful broad pieces? What would Anything I be else saying? Baz Luhrmann has out, done. What, what would I be saying exactly? That if you took out something that, like... Yeah, so, I guess, like, if, if we stay in the Baz Luhrmann catalog for a second. Yeah. If you took out all of the, like, neon and quick cuts and weirdness that he puts into Romeo plus Juliet, which uh-huh. I do think is successful in what it's trying to do. I do, too. Again, just have a very broadly told Shakespeare story that is, we accept it because it comes along so with this high style. are you saying, like, if there was a version of Romeo and Juliet that had the same acting performances but had none of, like, the flash and, and like, editing? We wouldn't, we wouldn't, we would criticize it for being too broad? Yeah, probably. But I mean, it, it would just feel, it would feel like someone filmed a play, yes. I think. It would feel like the movie version of the producers. So I guess what I'm wondering is, like, does that extend beyond him? Are there other things that well, we consider successfully broad? told, like, uh... I don't think that necessarily holds true. Imagine Tarantino movies without, like, so much crazy blood yeah, that's true. and action. You could still have some good... Like, the Reservoir mm-hmm. Dogs, you'd still have, like, a lot of... 
It'd be like a nice play. I'll be honest. Right? I, if I, it just had like sort of people backstabby. Like, I think his stories lose a lot of their zip because without that stylization, was, a lot of it just seems meandering. Say, and, I think it might depend upon the individual movie. To be yeah. Because I feel like Kill Bill without any sort of stylized would just be like, a woman kills people. But yeah, Kill Bill is also uh, like a stand movie. up of that type of style already. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, like without the whole meta ness yeah. of it, you would just have a story about a woman who gets revenge and kills people. Like it would just be a very like a very like again a very slight, very boring sort of story. Yeah, yeah. But like again, I think Pulp Fiction would also be that. But like uh, uh, the one he didn't direct that I like a lot, True Romance. Still, would mm. probably be a pretty good movie. I like True Romance. It's so crazy. I also think about it in terms of musicals as well. I mean, think about. I mean, cats may blow this out of the water, but like everyone. You're so thing. <laughs> but everyone, like, I mean, I was like kind of in the middle on uh, the Les Mis that came out uh, several years ago. I never saw it. Didn't love it. I thought it was fine. Like, but. My complaint with it is actually the thing that people te- seem to love, that it stripped out a lot of its broader stuff and attempted to ground it in more naturalistic appearance and style. And I it's I feel like we've almost it's like come... a fucking opera, though. I know, I mean, which, is why I, which is why I think it's strange that we've come to a place where we're going to do musicals that are... I mean, Les Mis on its own is quite broad. So are you saying, like, the groundedness worked against it for you? Yeah, okay. for sure. There, there. I, I I guess maybe I can kind of see what you're saying. Well, like, one of... The, I had many issues with the Lindis movie. One of the issues I have with the Lindis movie is that... Um, so instead of singing, instead of just, like, singing, like, you are singing your songs like this, you have a... I'm singing my song like this, right. and I'm emoting <laughs> because it's real. And it's just like, no, you can just sing the note. It's but, okay. But so, like, that's a big thing that bugs me. Is it's like, you don't trust, like, the audience or the performers to just sing it and people for, to, like get the emotion from that it's like no you have to beat them over the head with the emotion that you're feeling i think that out that comes around to in my mind at least as i saw it they attempted to take something that was anti-naturalistic like a musical and turn it into something more naturalistic which is what they tried to give us i think by doing this whole i'm acting through the song thing and so i almost feel like maybe that's how far this like distaste for broad and body stuff has gone to where like we're going to take a musical that is very bombastic and huge. I don't know. And try like, to make it grounded character moments. Counterpoint, Evita. I mean, well, like, recently, though, is there a recent Evita where they did this? I mean, the movie in 96. I'm saying the movie presents a very sort of... Look, if you were to just... If you were to watch the movie of Evita, like, if you were to put it on mute and just watch it, you would be forgiven for thinking it was just a very straightforward... Historical drama. <laughs> yeah. Historical, because it's filmed that way. Yeah. But, like, contrary-wise, they're singing. I don't... I. There, again, I have issues with the new version of Evita. I don't think that's one of them. So I don't think that that's inherently a problem. I think it's a problem when you're doing it ineptly. I think you could have done a naturalistic Lemez, probably. Yeah, I, I, I don't see, again, again I don't if, see why you I don't know, I've, no, I, no, I can't yeah. talk about it in a way that, it, like, because I've not seen it. The only thing that I've seen of Lemez is, like, the sort of, like, concert... I think you might know a lot of oh, them. Oh, yes. Where they had yeah. that Jonas brother. Is that how it's... Well, there were no, two. There's, ages there's, ago. there's an older one. Ages yeah, ago. There's one from like the 90s where it was it was a stage concert. Really. I think it's the oh, 90s cool. one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm sure that's the one you've seen. Um, so but like, is that how it's performed or is it... No. Okay. It's, it's like, it's acted out. That was just for whatever... Like, that was a concert version that yeah. for whatever reason decided to use costumes. Yeah. It was nice. <laughs> They had a barricade and shit. No, they they had like they had limited yeah. like sets and props. It sort of reminded me of like a lower insanity version of the worst the world's musical. <laughs> Where, like, lower insanity. There's like an orchestra and like a dude comes out with a rifle. Yeah. As if 
Yeah. He's do like right. <laughs> it's like right. sort of like that. Like you know, Mar- Marius comes out with like a flag. And yeah, like, yeah. Like you're you're picking and choosing how literal you want yeah. to be in the moment. The weird thing about the War of the Worlds concert is that like they decided <laughs> to keep Richard Burton, but he's dead. And so there's just a oh, Richard, that, that talking head, Richard Burton head. And like people are talking to Richard Burton because there's dialogue in the in the CD. Like there's there's like you know these conversations. Right. Like, so this this like artillerist comes out. He's like sort of standing staring middle distance in the in the audience. Right. He's yelling up to Richard Burton, who's talking behind him on a giant. <laughs> but, and it's also like so it's like weird. a computer head too. Yeah, and isn't like it also like minimal head. movement on the face when well, it's, it's speaking? Just a, it's literally <laughs> not on the screen. It's like a fucking cutout head. <laughs> In my head, what I'm imagining now is like on Coda, where they would have like the celebrity heads with the superposed mouths. Like, it is like a digitally. It's very close to that. It is like a digitally rendered Richard Burton face that sort of has that puppet thing done to it, where like it's moved. Yeah. But it's not on the screen in the same screen as everything else that's happening. It's a separate little cutout. It's very weird. The shape of his head, and it's just this like god head hovering behind. And so like it's the weirdest thing to watch. Like this guy yell into the balcony, like there's thousands of them, and like Richard Burton behind, him, like but what is it? And, and like he's really acting, right? Yeah. But Richard Burton, and then this is from the, the CD too, which I have a problem with. If the artillerist is going to be like fucking thrashing around on stage with a gun and being like. We gotta get those aliens or whatever. And then Richard Burton's just calmly like, but we must be calm. Like, or, like, just, like as if he's reading an audiobook. Right. <laughs> but whatever. That's That was a little, that's my anecdote about, it's on YouTube, you can find it, it's great. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half of just solid, good music. But I guess that's, and just to bring it back to what I feel to be my thesis statement on this, is will we, do we consider broad choices palatable and even artistic if they are put in the context of a high style. Well, I think for thing. one thing, like obviously, theater has to be broad in certain ways. To, I mean, I guess not all of. Yeah, them. I was gonna say yes. I, I wonder, like, I Usually wonder broader than screen. Well, no, what I was gonna say also is part of me At wonders least physically, if, like, you have it, to do bigger. Right, things. but it feels like part of this also goes back to theater, right? Because there's the idea that like, oh, musicals are frivolous. They're frivolous right. and they're like frothy. Yeah. But then you have like a pinter play where it's like two people just on stage like yelling at each other for two <laughs> hours, right? So it's like and that's like that's art. Like that's like yeah, yeah turtlenecks. Like this is the one we respect. But if you have like. A kick line of dancers come out that's like, oh, no, we this don't want that. This is the stage form of my argument. Yeah, it is. Like, uh, my argument is that I do think that there's a lot of people who say that. I think yeah. those people are bullshit. No, I yeah, agree. I, I think that's... I it's, think it's, it's a very, like, well. it's a very easy sweeping generalization to make if you, yeah. like, don't want to challenge that in any way. Yeah, I, like, I don't think... I don't know where it comes from, though. Like, I don't know where... I mean, I feel like it probably does... Like, there probably was a time, and again, I'm going to take this back to stage, where, like... If you were doing a musical in, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s, it was just, like, here's a song, and here's a sketch, and here's another song, and they'll have nothing to do with each other, and, like, here's some lovely gals with long legs, like, jumping all around on stage. But then it's, like, contrary What's what's the the famous duo from that, like, the Pirates of Penzance? Oh, the Pirates, yeah, Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. Or, like, like the Follies shows, anything like that. But, like, contrary-wise, it's, like, oh, if you're doing Shakespeare, it's, like, well... Maybe there's a chorus on stage who are saying things occasionally, but, like, it's just you five people talking to each other, and, like... That's all it's going to be, you know. There's yeah. not, there's nothing like flashy to distract you, unless we have a bear come on stage and then chase you away. <laughs> but aside from that, it's just going to be like people arguing and talking and discussing with each other, and that's like that's you know legitimate because we can do all that with just our you know with our acting and our dialogue and our words. But here, it's like you need a lot of pizzazz and flash to keep you occupied because beneath that, there's nothing really there. Is yeah. the, is it also the idea that like the big 
kind of like frivolous quote unquote musicals were like directed at just what was considered a lower audience than say like a pincher play like you're not putting yeah. that on for a wide band of people no that's probably true and i mean at a certain point then you have like showboat in oklahoma where things started to change but like yeah that's that's probably not inaccurate so but I, also I like mean, but maybe that's where that association comes but from. also like shakespeare was for commoners true. it was and like i don't want to imply that like shakespeare was all very serious and it's we not. never joked about it's it because it's like, but like it's weird like weirdly even the the dumbest fuck shakespeare plays that we venerate now yeah. people are like but it's shakespeare it's hot it's, it's, it's art Dude, and like I, I mean i wonder if again just a though rom-com essentially right right and a lot of shakespeare is quite broad yeah but again i think maybe it's something where like you know like well there's comedy but the comedy is coming from like the dialogue and the situation the characters it's not coming from someone tripping over their feet when they walk on stage and then a pie hits them in the but face I mean, you know i think there is a lot of that no, there is yeah like i think like you watch like tate and tenants much ado. Right. And there is a lot of goofy shenanigans happening. There's plenty of slapstick in Shakespeare. Yeah, he and I, I imagine one... I have to imagine that Shakespeare had a lot of slapstick bits in his direction, like, when he directed them. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do it that way. You could have, like, you know, a very, like, educated smart... I mean, I think probably the, um, the, uh, black and white recent one by the, by that... The Josh oh, Joss Whedon? Yeah, the Joss Whedon one was um, kind of like Much that. Ado, right? Like, yeah. Was a, was a very, like, you know, intellectual version of Much Ado. It was. I also Without a it. lot of, like... And I don't think... I mean, yeah, even... Even Brunnogs did have some sort of physical comedy bits in there. Not, like, quite so... I mean, maybe it's also coming from the idea that, like, monoculture is not the word I'm really looking for here, but it's kind of the word I'm looking for. Because, like, back in, say, the 1500s, like, that was what you had for entertainment. So, like, yeah. it's entertainment that appeals to the high class, it appeals to the low class, it appeals to everyone, because if you don't like it, fuck you, there's nothing else for you. <laughs> and now it's like, well, you can go see, like, you can go see an intimate character drama, you can go see, like, a broad comedy, you can yeah. go, like, you can stay at home and watch The Big Bang Theory. So it's like, now you have these various venues available to you that were not available to you at the time, so now we can start, like boxing things up into different categories like, yeah. oh, this is legitimate art and this is yeah. like high art mm-hmm. and this is frivolity at the end of the day like it's all good it's all art oh, if it's yeah. done well you can yeah. fuck it up and you can do it well in, in whatever you want to do I'm fascinated but also annoyed by this general tendency to try to box it up that way though I mean just beyond needing to categorize it the idea of needing to stratify it purely based on the idea of like well in general this one made more like subtle artistic choices, therefore it's better than the one that made the broad artistic choices. I think it's a well, false dichotomy. Like taxonomy is fine. Like boxing it up is fine, but assigning quality labels yeah. to right. some of them is bad. Values judgments. Yeah. Um. So I I did want to bring up like so I mean I what the whole thing with the Great Wall and how like it all clicked when I found out about the Chinese director and how much they were involved. Like I like I I do think that. Some of this is, like, a Western thing. Like, that, like, in... Especially Asia and, like, like Korea and China and Japan. And probably other countries as well. Like, they're still very big. And I think in India, too, in a different way. Mm-hmm. In a different way, that, but, like... Um, a lot of their comedy tends to be very big. Like, there are... You can still find, I think, like, if you wanted to, some of, like, the subtle, witty, understated bits and, like, naturalistic acting. Um... And I could probably, like, label, I could probably pull up, like, a couple K-dramas that I feel are more subtle and less, like, big and broad than some that aren't. But I feel like it's the balance is opposite to us, where, like, yeah. I think we, we keen towards 
We keel. We lean. I don't know what other word I was just trying to say. Skew? Skew? I know I you're know. trying to say, but I can't think what the right one is. Like <laughs> a boat? Yeah. Keeling is it over? keel? Is no, it keel or is it keen? I don't think so. I don't know. Neither. Keen is like, is like a woman's whale, isn't it? Like, yeah, it is. is. Like, keen is like, is like a scream like a or like cry. a groan. Yeah. Yeah. Keeling over. I think that is a word. Keel? To keel over. It is. Sl- but usually it means over. you're just like falling over, right? Yeah. I think I just wanted to say lean. Um, <laughs> anyway. <but laughs> I think we just basically, we lean to more these days to like that kind of, you know, subtle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's not, let's not get into it, but you know, like we created Mumblecore. Yeah. I didn't did. create it, but. Wait, I, I washed my hands. But white men did. Wait, I, white men did. I, you didn't create it and then walk away being like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> to this day. Burned your sweater and left the room. Um, and yeah, I think over there, it's still like, uh, just sort of a status quo. Yeah. And there, you could still find other styles over there, but I think that the balance is stronger towards like that big rod stuff. I would also be interested to know, you mentioned Great Wall earlier. Uh-huh. Just returning to that for a second. So that was a movie that they probably didn't really have any reasonable hope was going to be a smash here, but they probably knew that was going to, like, kill yeah, it in China. It didn't kill in China. China yeah. was disappointed. China was cool the funny, oh, really? uh, the funny anecdote about that was that, like, the one of the newspapers that, like, has strong connections to the Communist Party was, like, s- doing an article about, like, the disappointing box office returns, and then the Communist Party complained about it, like, Hey, why don't trash them? And, and then, like, they took the review down. So. <laughs> oh, right. It was something like, um, you're hurting the Chinese film industry by, yeah, like, Yeah, by, like, talking this. about how, yeah. All right, well, so that wasn't a good example. But I guess I'm wondering... It as did we, well, but it didn't do... Like, yeah, it didn't like the world on fire. As we see, because, I mean, like, there's... But if you look at the movies that have come here from China that are popular, or if the movies that are super popular over there... Yeah. It's all, like, it's all the big stuff. Well, so yeah. that's what I'm wondering is, is that going to start to have an effect on our culture? It is. It because, has, yeah. Oh, I just mean to, like, are we going to start to turn away from the more subtle tendencies and start I mean, embracing more uh, broad I stuff? don't know that we are, but, like... Hollywood certainly Hollywood's trying to, like, have it both ways at this yeah. point. They're yeah. trying to, like, make sure the movie's going to so well in China. Right. And it's, I mean, it's also just an interesting study in general, how, like... The Force Awakens did well in China solely because they marketed the shit out of it. Because China has no, like, affinity for Star Wars the way that American culture does. Like, to my knowledge, and I could be mistaken, like, the original trilogy wasn't a thing in China. Like, prequel trilogy wasn't a thing in China. Like, this was all an entirely new concept for them. And I think since then, they've, like, steadily done, they've steadily made less and less money in China just because they don't have that sort of cultural, like, connection to it that we do. And so it's just sort of, like... It did well just because Disney spent so much fucking money making Pushing sure it would do well. And then after, like, your initial one shot of, like, throwing it out there, people just don't respond to it the same way. Contrary-wise, though, you have, like, the Marvel movies, which it probably says something that, like, you know, the first Marvel... The first MCU movie was 2008 with Iron Man. So it sort of says something like that was around the time that we were starting to be like, oh, like, what if we look toward China to, right. like, help us make some more money? And so, like... Similarly, while we have a constant, well, we, you know, we know who Iron Man is a character. Some people know who Iron Man is a character, but like, you don't need to for that movie, right? You can go into that movie completely blind. So it's the same sort of thing that if you were to drop that movie in mainland China and be like, here, look at this movie, they don't need to know anything going into it. As opposed to Star Wars, where it's like, there's, there's six so much... movies you have to watch before you'll understand what's happening. This right. Movie. Especially because Force Awakens is so referential. Right. Because it seems like they have a movie going public who will usually outspend us, or they will see more movies than we will, yeah. in general. 
Yeah. And so I'm wondering at what point does that begin to dictate what what at what point does that begin to overtake our taste? I don't think it overtakes our taste. Like I think that like I mean, they're clearly working in conjunction with the, the like the Chinese film distribution because that's like the whole reason why it's like I don't think it's likely that you're going to see a gay character in Star Wars right. or, or yeah. like a Marvel because like that's that sort the, of thing doesn't fly in China. More than like the style or the tone, I think you sh- what that's not the bat like that's not gonna have much of an impact. But I think like where this like sort of I think hurts the film industry is that like we're catering to their sort of like. You know, a sort of restrictive, restrictive cultural norms. Yeah. I mean, even even more conservative than we are in many respects. Yeah, right. I mean, the difference there obviously is that like the film industry is an extension of the government, so it's sort of like if the government's calling the shots, then like, well, you better believe that you head better to that line, right? right? Whereas here, it's just sort of like if you want to release a movie in America, obviously, like the government has no real control over that. Like, you can do whatever you want; people see what they want. Yeah, I think about there was a story there. Um, they tried to bring friends over to China when it was like at its like peak in America, but the whole thing fell apart because they're like, we can't sell a show that has this much sex in China at all. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, like, do you think that's still the same way? Like, do you think they even like cut out more and more sexual references from American no. movies? That I mean, there are there? things that ch- remember. I feel like I mentioned this before. How Iron Man three had like Chinese scenes, yes, yes that were shown in the American version. Where so it's just like I think that they are trying to they're getting like the Walmart. Cut. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say like pander. I'm not sure if pander is the word, but I guess it is kind of pander. It is pander to um. Or, or, you know, they are sort of rethinking, uh, you know, these movies for a Chinese culture at this point. So, like, it would not surprise me if perhaps there is some sort of scene in, I don't know, Thor 4 or whatever, where Valkyrie is like, and now to get myself a girlfriend, if that scene were to just be, like, cut out of right. a version that aired in China. Or just due to, and now to find my best friend. I was going to say, or yeah. to your point, maybe it's just, especially with more of our international media products being controlled by a lessening group of very large conglomerates, I wonder if we're just going to start to see that kind of representation melt away simply because it's not palatable to a larger audience. It could be. I mean, You have, like, other... So, like, Japan, too, right? Like, being gay is not a crime Hmm. there. But, like, it's not, like, culturally accepted. But there's, like, a huge gay manga industry and, like, gay anime industry. Like, it gets made... Mm-hmm. But it's just not, it's not, like, mainstream. mainstream, and it's not marketed as such. Like, it's still easy to find. And I think, like, to a lesser extent with, like, sexual things, um, depending on, like, what you watch, I've talked about this a lot, and I've shown you guys things before, but, like, depending on, like, what type of show you're watching and, like, where you're finding it, you get, like, you might get, like, 30-year-olds that, like, peck each other on the fucking cheek at, <laughs> at most. Yeah. Like, they've never dated... Were you, like, depending on the culture, like, I don't know, I've never seen Japan really do it well. But, like, Korea, they seem to be able to, like, they seem to at least know how to French kiss and make out to a somewhat normal extent. Well, and from, from, this is obviously informal and in no way, like, uh, that, like, data-backed, but yeah. I feel like when you've talked about a K-drama versus a J-drama, the K-dramas at least seem to be more willing to get steamier. into stuff. But I've also seen, so if there was this J-drama that I watched in, like, the 90s or early 2000s, and, like... It was nuts. It had, like, multiple rapes, and, like, Whoa. there was a teacher-student relationship that they showed on screen, and it was, like, way more explicit than I've ever seen anything before. So it could be, like, the tone. It could be, like, a watershed thing, where, like, this is a thing that no one, like, that, you know, you can only see this after certain hours, and that the popular stuff that, like, is 
gonna be watched by everyone is like you're gonna have the pecs i don't know and i also don't know um if like it's a tv thing is it like do do people actually kiss normal they must (laughs) and you can't show it on tv you just don't want to show it that way like I mean, it would be no different than we were in, like, the 50s, right? Where it's, like, you don't get into the same bed together, right? So, I mean, like, people clearly were sleeping in in the same bed. But in a K-drama, right, what I'm often hung up about is, like, when they kiss, like, the hands go in the same... It's always the same thing, where it's, like, hands on face. I hold your face in hands, and I kiss you. (laughs) And, like, I'm like, is that how you guys do it all the time? Do you know what I bet? I bet... It's because there's probably squeamishness about showing something too lustful, and this feels very precious. Well, what I was going to say also is maybe it's, it's, it's again, like, the whole idea of, like, when, again, and like, movies in, like, the 40s, it's like, oh, one leg has to be on the floor when you're on the bed. Like, yeah. if you're on the bed with, like, one leg has to be on the floor, just because that way, you know, you can't have sex if you always show is, one leg. Is that a thing? It's a prudish but, thing. Well, I was going to say, it's like, maybe it's just the, like, if your hands are up here on their face, like, you know that you're not putting your hands anywhere else. Oh, good else. point. That's true. Good point. I mean, but, again, no, there was, is, like... Conjecture. I mean, yeah. we also have a similar problem where we're more likely to show extreme violence in our television. Yeah, oh, yeah. But sexual... Con- I mean, that's changing somewhat. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like it, it is... I mean, you, you can obviously still get your fill of sexual content anywhere if you, like, really want to look for it. Right. Like, any, like, any premium cable channel. But I just think about how, like... I mean, I know this is, like, an old comparison, but a lot of, like, European TV is very sexual, at least mm-hmm. in comparison to what we do. Uh, but there is not a lot of violence shown. So it is this weird set of different cultural values that ends up coming out this way that I think enables us to look at a situation like, why are they pecking each other? Anyway, back to my TV show where Jack Bauer rips, like, a a terrorist arm off. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm sure that's pretty horrifying, especially to a place like Japan that just, like, guns are not a thing. Yeah. And also, I will say that I will, like... uh... Beyond whether or not whether or not they like go into like how deep they go with like what they show for affection and intimacy, um, even if they're gonna eventually end up in bed or heavily implied to have sex at some point in the show, at the beginning of the show they make such a huge deal. And maybe this is not that unusual for like Western things because like I'm thinking like rom coms, but like they make such huge deals about like accidental hand touches <laughs> or like. There's, like, this thing called, like, there, like I think there's, like, a specific sort of slang word for it, because it shows up in subtitles always the same way, like, a secondhand kiss or something. Interesting. Where it's, like, oh, if you would have to, like, sip the straw that the person <laughs> just sipped from, it's, like, oh, no, like, it's like I'm kissing the person. There's a lot of, like, they seem to, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's frankly, like, when it's done well, it's cute and endearing, the way they're, like, freaking out about it. It sounds, in general, in general though, very coy. I mean, is it just like a, is coy. it just like a culture growing up, right? Like, I mean, is it just the, the, like them like you know coming to terms more? It might be, like, yeah. Because yeah. it does, it does make it seem a little, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but it does seem more childlike to treat something like. I've that, often that described way. some of these like as like sort of very juvenile romances of like these yeah. like middle schoolers, but I is like I kind of wish that we've done that we do something like that more often with our romances. It's like it is cute when it's done well. Um, and it's not like that, I feel like it's not that out of the question, even when you're like, even when you slept around a lot, when there's someone you really like, and like, you might have to touch their hand for a certain thing, like, it might seem exciting at the time, and Mm -hmm. they'd be like, oh no, like, but yeah, it is like, it's one of the sort of like, you know, list of tropes that you go down when you watch a K-drama, is like, there's gonna be the moment where like, they have to sleep in the same room overnight, and then like, the next day... 
she's they somehow have rolled next to each other on the floor and it's like super awkward and like <laughs> like it's like this you know it's all of those like those hall, like milestones you hit on the way to falling in love and becoming a couple. I mean, I guess going back to the original thesis, it would all depend upon how big you play, right? Because I feel like you could, again, yeah. you could have a scene in like an American rom-com where two people's hands brush against each other and, and they'd be like, sort of like, like, oh, you, like, you feel like you, yeah. know, you see their faces and like, oh no, the chemistry, right? But like if they were to be like, oh no, I can't believe I touched your hand, I'd be like, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> no, that's what they... I was gonna say. Yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. So like, if like if I saw like oh, an American rom-com and someone was like, oh no, I put my lips over the straw at the other person on their lips and I'd be like, fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, also do it, it, it like sort of time stops so that the character can in their head be like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I, and I, this wasn't conscious. It just sprang to my mind unbidden. It was like Vince Vaughn and his like romance and his like rom-com Zenith having that kind of reaction to like brushing hands with like Jennifer Anderson. Like, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> just think like gruff, giant, bloated man, yeah. Vince yeah. Vaughn. <laughs> Going like, oh! Um, there was one I really liked in the show that I was just watching that I showed you the, the clip of where the, mm-hmm. he's following you one. Um, where, like, so, because she's a secret fangirl, her apartment is just, like, fucking filled with, like, pictures of her idol. Um, and so, like, her boss has to come in one night because he, like, has paint all over his hand. And she's like, they're outside of her apartment. He's like, can I just wash my hand off? And she's like, no, my room is dirty. And, like, so she makes him wear a blindfold <laughs> because she can't, she, he's afraid that she's going to see all these, like, posters. Um, and, like, during that moment where she's, like, cleaning, they're, like, on the couch, and, like, he's about to take the blindfold off, because he's, like, I just need to get out of here at this point, I just need to leave. Um, and she, like, throw, like, sort of, like, at, you know, is trying to keep him with the blindfold, and sort of ends up, like, over the, over him on the couch, because she's, like, sort of had to tackle him a little bit, and then there's sort of, like, tense moments, and, like, I think they actually just cut to, like, they sort of fake you out, like, she starts kissing him, and then he kisses back, and then it's, like, that was just her fantasy. Oh. And then... <laughs> It just cuts back to them, and he's like, all right, I'm gonna go now, and he, like, gets up, Bye. and he's very, like, calm, and then he gets back to his car, and he, like, right before he goes in, he turns around, and he's like, Phew. and he, like, exhales to show that, like, he was also, like, super ready to bone, <laughs> which I, I enjoyed that. Interesting. Like, he was also, like, I mean, at this point in the show, it's, like, pretty far along, and he actually has already figured out that she's a fangirl. Oh, good. So he's just doing this t- as a charade. To like, he already has an idea of why she wants the blindfold on. Oh, let's see, you've got mail. It's a you've got. It is a you've got mail. Yeah. He actually joins her fan site like. as like a forty-year-old woman, <laughs> and he sort of uses that in a sort of like um, you know the original way where he tries to like, like coax her into the idea. Because mm-hmm. at one point she like lets or she gets a little personal on her fan site and says like, "There's this guy I like, but I'm you know like." He doesn't feel the same way about me. He's like, maybe, 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 just, maybe I should just try it and see. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really funny. good. It's actually a really cute show. I thought it was going to be the dumbest show, and it's actually really cute. But that's that's all I got, really. I think where I got with this is, I think, having to think about this, when you first suggested this as a topic, and I think I, I'm, I'm going to still have to do this with myself, is to examine to what extent these kind of strangely rigid cultural norms around like subtle equal artistic quality, broad equal, not that Mm. I didn't realize how deep that had kind of sunk in for me and how like, without even thinking about it, when I would like see a clip of a K drama or something like that, like this is awfully broad for me, but I'm like, that shouldn't be a hurdle. Yeah. It's still like, I feel like it's something I almost have to like consciously start to like reel back a little of this like weird, 
I mean, bias like, I have. Bad Out of Hell, the musical and the songs in it are nuts. It's capital B, capital R, capital I love, and like you can still get really moved by it. Like you can still, and you can get moved by Moulin Rouge a lot. Like even though it's not meant to be funny or anything. In both cases, you get moved because they go so big. Yeah. And they, like, they wrap you up in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pull, yeah, it's like a current. Yeah. It's like a the ocean. You're getting, you're getting, <laughs> watch out for that undertow. <laughs> you're in the meatloaf ocean now. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think, um, we've covered this pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah. you know, with us having solved our uh, issues of culture. <laughs> you're welcome, yeah. world. You're, you're welcome, America. Uh... Tune back in in two weeks when we're going to talk about No Kiss List and have our No Sip List. Facebook.com slash Watch. That's podcast. kind of... Oh, sorry. Facebook.com slash Watch Podcast. DraftPack.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. But don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and what even is Twitter? <laughs> anyway. Bye. 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 Bye.